This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. So here we are today, and I got tickled last Sunday. Boy, did we have a time around here Sunday with Laurel Bunker. She walked in this place and slapped us upside the head. And uh, if you weren't here, don't be offended by that, but trust me. In a way, I'm kind of glad you weren't here because I'm not sure if you could walk today because some of us were worked over, man. And uh, someone told me last Sunday, I said, so glad you were here today. And that little rascal looked me in the eye and said, it was incredible. Good luck next week. (laughs) And I thought, you know, that's right. I got to come behind this crazy, powerful woman of God. And she walked in here with an anointing, and I really feel this in my heart. Let me say this for you. Go to Psalm uh, chapter 63. I text messaged my friend during the sermon, and he's here today. His name's Pastor Dustin Watts. And he was familiar. He knew what I had already planned for my month of January. And I texted him, and I said, man, is the Holy Spirit just affirming and confirming what I've been sharing with you. And it was such a neat day for me last Sunday. There could not have been a greater message to set us up for what I felt led to share. So last week we heard an inspirational, motivational, fire-in-the-belly message that I hope and trust inspired you to go all in this year. Now let me come in today And I want to tell you how. So we heard the what. And today I want to share with you. How do you go all in? Pastor Tommy, I want to. I I heard that lady last week. And I've listened to it twice on the podcast. How do I do it though? She told me what to do. But I need to know how I actually do it. So here we go today. I'm going to start teaching this series called Followers. Everyone say followers. It's just one word. Followers followers and I take it out of the book of Psalm chapter 63 verse number 8 my soul followeth hard after thee thy right hand upholdeth me my soul follows hard after thee now this is just a side note and the little cliff note here to the sermon All of us need to remember we're made up of body, soul, and spirit. Our body is what's going to eat that fried chicken today when we know we shouldn't. Does that sound good? Our body is what's going to exercise after we eat it. Do y'all receive? Our body is what's going to lay on the couch watching football. Our body is what ran around the living room pulling out our hair out when we watched football last night. Someone asked me yesterday, he said, how does pastoring a church in that city go after a night like this? I said, it's like any other Sunday during football season. If we win, we got to come to church and repent for our pride. If we lose, we got to come to the church and repent for our language and our actions. We still got to come to church and repent no matter what being Cowboys fans. But our body, our body is what, we, is what we live out of. 
Our body is what we live out of. We express ourselves through our, our body. We express ourselves through maybe, maybe you got a tattoo or something and you expressed it where? On your body. Maybe you're a fitness guy. You express it how? By your body. Your body tells a lot. Now, our spirit is what's going to go to heaven. Our spirit's what's going to go to hell. And I know that's strong language, but listen to me. Your spirit will be in eternity somewhere. But then what about the soul? Our body is controlled, it's driven, it's motivated, or it's deprived from the actions and choices of our soul. Our soul is our thoughts, our feelings. Our soul is the house of our emotions. Our soul, you can't put a finger on it, but it manifests itself out in the body. When my soul's feeling down, my faces have a frown. When my soul's feeling up and happy, and my soul's feeling good, and my soul is healthy, man, I walk around like I got the world by the tail. My soul is the engine of my body. Psalms tells me that my soul needs to follow after God. If I can get my soul following hard after God, then my body will fall right in line with, with, with the Lord. That's how we know when we're living in the will of God. I'm going to preach a little while, teach you something here. It's New Year. Everybody normally starts the year out with plans. We start the year out with resolutions, with goals, with dreams. We're in 21 days of prayer. We've just hit our seven-day mark of our, of our three-week stretch of prayer. Some of you are praying into your resolutions. You're praying into your goals and dreams. And I'm all about me some setting goals and dreams. And it's not just in the new year. I'll never forget, I had a plan one time that was kind of given to me in, in friendship and partnership with my dad. You know, most of the time in elementary school, you have no plans for what your career looks like. You know, you might say, I'm going to be an astronaut. And bless your heart, you can't spell. You can't, you can't add. <laughs> your daddy says, oh, that's so cute. But he knows, ain't no chance you're going to be an astronaut. You got to be smart to be an astronaut. You make one layup, and you're going to be LeBron. And your daddy knows, no, ain't nobody in our family taller than five, six. You ain't going to be a ball player. You get these ideas in high school that change. Now you're like, well, you know, I do make all A's in math, and I'm, 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 I'm pretty doggone good with this. And, and maybe engineering could be a possibility. But then again, you know, um, I'm really into sports and and the therapy behind it. Maybe kinesiology could be a fit. And then you get to the senior year of high school. And you start thinking. Well, I, I think I need a plan. And you start thinking what school. And then you start considering what major. And you get the blessing these days of. of you know you could change your major a time or two. And, and you could stretch that four year degree into about ten. You could, you could do that. You could stretch that $50,000 a year education. You know into about three hundred grand of debt. It's just normal. Just like everybody else. But I found myself kind of having a plan 
And it was a little bit in me, and it was a little bit in my dad, and, and, and he, had, he, he had a little agency that sold some insurance, and there were about seven total uh, agencies around the southwest Louisiana part, and, and we just thought, you know, how, how neat would it be? You just, you just run off school and, and, and try to get a little smarter than you are because you really aren't ready, and, and why don't you just get you a little education and then come back, and we, we can kind of do this thing together a little bit. And I, and I thought, what a great plan. That's what I'm going to do. And I had a plan. And I had no idea what I had done. I inverted the relationship. I had become the leader that would lead God into my future. I chose to take him by the hand. And say, I want you to come with me now because I love you. And, and I don't want to do life out here without you. So I want you to come with me. This is my plan. So, so come with me. I want you on my team. I want to be on Team God or I kind of want you on Team Tommy. And, and I want you to come with me. And I made the mistake of leading God into my future. Instead of following God into my future. Still loved him, still wanted to be with him, still didn't want to dare get caught without him. My heart, my motive, my mind was clear and right. I just, I just got it backwards. I, had, I, I meant well. Hey, you, re, you ever heard this? It, 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 somebody somebody kind of said all of that with one little statement. I, I, I know what I was doing, but what was I thinking? This is really summed up in the book of Matthew. Turn with me to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Look at verse number 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, everyone say follower, you must give up your own way take up your cross and follow me if you try to hang on to your life you'll lose it here's the benefit of being a follower of Jesus but if you give up your life for my sake you will save it and what do you benefit If you gain the whole world, but lose your own, everyone say soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? Watch the connection. You can have your own plans and you can take the hand of God and lead him into your future. And you might even gain some things. You might win some things. You might obtain some things. You might, you might, you might gather some things. You might gather a partner in life. You might gather some real estate. You might gather a good job. You might gather some retirement funds. You might gather some vacation time with your kids. You can gather some things. But watch what the Bible says. But if, you're, if you've lost your soul, you've lost your mind. And when you lose your mind, you will eventually start making wrong choices. 
compromised thinking leads to compromised living and you cannot last living for God when you're a compromiser. Can I preach to somebody today? My subtopic for this first week's lesson on following, if we're going to go all in like we were inspired to do last week, some of you guys, man, y'all been, y'all been wearing it out on Twitter. Y'all been Facebook, all in 2019, all in, all in, I'm all in. Boy, I'm telling you, she came in here and slapped you upside the head. She got you so worked up, I'm all in, I'm all in. Well, how are you going to do that? You ready? Here's your one word walk away today. Consecration. Consecration is our subtopic this morning. Well, how do I do this? How do I do this? What you do is you get your mind right, sober in your thoughts, sober in your mind, where you know that your future is not your future it's God's future for you that you will have the blessing of living out. If you want to lose your life, then you just take up your own direction. If you want to gain your life, if you want to win in life, if you want to succeed in life, then you better lose your life to Him. Take up your cross. Everybody shout, follow. Follow after Him. Some of you might be familiar with the old missionary A.W. Milne went to what is now Vanuatu. It was New Hebrides. And, and he knew what he was walking into. When, when that mission field down in Vanuatu, every missionary before he got there was martyred. Their lives were literally taken. Their lives were lost. By the natives of that, those little islands, his life was, was walking into a place where no one's ever sustained they, they never lasted but yet he knew that he was called he didn't say God I, I, I'm going to go down here and I want you to come with me no one in their right mind would do that but this is what happens when these are the benefits of when you know you're in the will of God he shows up to Vanuatu because he knew that's where God sent him, not where he wanted to go, but where God wanted him to go. And he showed up, and on his headstone there, locally it says, when he came, there was no light. And when he left, there was no darkness. That is a life lived in the will of God. That is an all-in life. When you're so in the will of God that things change for your good and favor. Now, I, I got into this the other night in my own house. My wife and I were at home and, and, and my brother-in-law that pastors in Austin, Texas, the four of us, all the kids were asleep. The four of us got to talking and the Holy Spirit started ministering to us as we, we were there delighting ourselves in the word of the Lord and encouraging one us, uh, one uh, another in the in the word of God and in, in, in unity and friendship and then family ties. We both are pastoring. We're both trying to trying to make a difference in our community. And man, the Holy Spirit started speaking through me a word that, that I feel was a, a, a word of wisdom and knowledge for me and for him. And and I share it with you today. When you're in the will of God, that does not mean things will be simple, but they will not break you. 
God's will for your life in 2019, if you're going all in, it's not going to be an uphill battle. You're not going to sweat. You're not going to work every day by the sweat of your brow and be miserable. The will of God is going to take action because faith without works is dead. It's not just going to happen. But when you're in the will of God, you shouldn't have to wonder, God, why did I sign up for this? You ought to say, man, this is tough, but thankfully I'm equipped for it. But when you're not in your right mind, when your soul has been compromised, you'll put your body into relationships, you'll put your body into jobs, you'll put your body into business deals, you'll put your body into transactions, you'll put your body into churches, you'll put your body into businesses, you'll put your body into places and positions with people that you know good and well are not the will of God because they're going to break you. And the way you got there was because your mind wasn't right. So when the psalmist says, my soul follows after you. It's not just coming to church. That's your body coming to church. It's not just paying your tithe. That's your, that's your body paying your tithe. That's your hands releasing that. But when your soul is following after God, you've got the mind of the Lord. And when you have the mind of God, you'll put yourselves into the right friendships. You'll start dating the right people. You'll marry the right people. You'll take the right job. You'll take the right job with the right benefits, with the right hours, in the right place. Everything will be, it won't be easy because faith without works is dead. But it will be, it will be rewarding to you. He will not put so much on you that you can't handle it. Everybody wants to go all in. But my question is, are you willing to consecrate your life unto God and truly lose your plan. And I'll never forget. There in school. In college. With my plan. God wrecked me. And a boy that's never been lonesome for home. Started missing home. A boy that's never had an issue making friends. Found himself lonely. A boy that's never had an issue without being able to walk in and own a room, found himself intimidated in fear and, 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 and re- just reacted by closing down. And this is where I messed up. <laughs> and I say it in a sarcastic way. This is where everything changed. Is when I drove across the river to a little Pentecostal church and met the pastor. And I said, I don't live here. And, and I just need some time. And can I share with you something that's in my heart? And when I started talking to him that my daddy and I had a plan. But I know that at 15 God called me to preach. And I want to fulfill this plan that I've made. But yet at the same time I don't think it's God's plan. And this, this man that was not my family. This man that knew that knew my grandmother but did not know me. This man said sit down let's just talk. And that day. I reversed the relationship and I simply said, from now on, I will not lead you, God. I will follow you. And the uphill treadmill leveled out. And everything changed when I just said, I'm going to follow. I'm not going to lead. I'm not going to set my goals and ask you to bless them. I'm going to set my goals 
And I'm going to take them to you. And I'm going to give you permission to take a big red ink pen. And you can mark through whatever you don't like. You can circle whatever you're okay with. And you can even add to what I didn't consider. And I'm going to take that revision. And I'm going to live by it. Now if I would not have done that. Can I just tell you there's an example in scripture of what happens when you don't do this? It's found in the same book, Matthew. Flip over to Matthew chapter 19. This is what happens when you hold out from God. Matthew 19, verse number 16. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do? Everybody say works. 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 This cat was trapped in a doer's mindset that he just thought that he could do enough to be a follower. Watch this. What good deed must I do to have eternal life? And verse 17. Why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There's only one who is good. But to answer your question. If you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Listen to the arrogance in all of this. Keep the commandments. Which ones? The man asked. Jesus replied, well, you you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father father and mother. Love your neighbors as yourself. Listen to this. Well, I've obeyed all those. I've done that. I've dotted that I and crossed that T. I've done all that, the young man replied. What else must I do? What else can I do? And Jesus told him, okay, if you want to be perfect, then you need to go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the man heard this, he went away sad because he had a lot of possessions. This is a story of someone being possessed, not by a devil, not by a foul spirit. He was possessed by possessions. And the Lord knew that what his cross was, was the cross of stuff. And every one of us in here have a cross. It could be the cross of career. It could be the cross of family. It could be the cross of of, of hobbies. It could be the cross of money. It could be the cross of stuff. And this cat was possessed with possessions. In other words, he didn't just possess some things. Those things possessed him. And and the Lord knew if you're, if if you, oh really, you, you, you want, you, you really want this? Then follow me. And before you can, then I'm going to get to the heart of your issue. And your issue is stuff. Go sell all of your things. And and then, then come follow me. Did you hear in the scripture self-righteousness in his tone? When he said, I've done all that. Now I'm fitting to give you the greatest content of this message in the next three minutes. Don't miss it. Righteousness. Our culture has reduced righteousness to just not doing anything wrong. When 
Righteousness is actually doing something right. What can I do to have eternal life? Well, that's not really what you do, but if you want to talk about your doing, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't, 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 don't give false testimony, honor your mother and father, and he starts giving him all these things to do, and the guy, the guy has such, such, such swag, he goes, done it, tell me something else. I've already done all that. I do it all well. I set the bar at that. I don't do anything wrong. And can I just reach to the heart of every man and woman and student in this room that's grown up in the South, in the Bible Belt, that's full of denominational teaching, that you'll grow closer to God by minimizing all of your wrongdoings? Can I just change your mindset going into this new year? Okay, I get it. I know you didn't drink. I know you didn't smoke. I know you didn't cheat on your wife. I know you didn't do this. I know you didn't that. Welcome to that club. You just did what you shouldn't do anyway, by the way. You don't get any trophies for that. Well, I didn't steal any money. Wow. I didn't lie. Wow. Hey, everybody, he didn't lie. And we, in our culture, if you just didn't do anything wrong. And Jesus is saying, good for you. Good boy. boy, But you're not doing anything right. For all those parents in the room. Okay, our kid didn't burn down the house. But they're not cleaning the room. Can I get an Amen. Can I preach a little while? Somebody say, hallelujah. He's finally touching the room issue. <laughs> you get a trophy. You didn't burn the house down today. But your room's dirty. But I didn't burn it down. <laughs> oh, God. Do something Right. And Jesus is saying, I get it. You're so proud of all that what you've not done wrong. But I need you to do something right. Well, what's the right thing to do? Follow me. Follow me. Where? In your soul, in your thoughts. Because then you're going to start making better choices and you're going to place your life. You're going to place your life on the right growth track. You're going to get on the right track that leads you to growing. By, by, if you're going to go all in, the only way to go all in is, is by a life of consecration. If, if Jeff if you can come help me close today. Everyone say consecration. I, I want to I use my time and talk about this word. Consecration. It's not something we, you know, you're not going to go to lunch today and probably drop that word at the lunch table, you know. It's not something you're going to talk about. So let me help you with it. A consecrated life, in, in our way of talking today, is a life that just fully repents and sets itself. You choose to set yourself apart unto God. Watch this. This little wedding band. Everybody watch this. I know I use this example for baptism. So don't think you already know what I'm talking about. It has nothing to do with baptism. Watch this. When I said I do, I set myself apart 
I set myself aside to Denora and for Denora. And in our spiritual connection to our Heavenly Father, a consecrated life is I'm going all in and I'm going to live a consecrated life. I'm setting myself apart from the cultural ways, from our worldly ways. And let's just get a little deeper from our sinful nature. I'm coming away and I'm going to live a holy life, a godly life. And at the core of godly living, the root of godly living is that we follow him and not call the shots and tell him where we're going and ask him to come with us. I'm reminded of one of the greatest sermons that my bishop ever taught in this pulpit. And that was imagine a cloud that has rain coming down and, and that rain is bringing blessings and that rain is bringing favor and that rain is bringing all the things that the earth needs. We have this tendency to say, I'm doing this and I want God to come over and bless what I'm doing. And God's saying, consecrate your life and bring what you're doing under here and let me be a blessing to you. So whether it's we're choosing our major, choosing our husbands or our wives, choosing to have kids or not kids, choosing to buy the house or rent, choosing, choosing to take that job over there or taking this job over there, choosing a church home, choosing friends to do lunch with, choosing people to vacation with. You say, these are all minor things. These are massive, critical things. And I can tell you, if you're going to go all in in 2019, the way you get there is by following. Now let me give you the reward, and then I'll pray over you. Over into the book of Joshua chapter 3. Joshua 3 verse 5. Consecrate yourselves. And, and I don't have the time to dig this up, but your mother can't consecrate you. You, you your wife can't, to all the husbands in the room, uh, this is not the, the duty of our wives. It's not our kids can't do it for us. Consecrate yourselves. In other words, God's just me and you. We're on this Sunday. It's just me and you talking, Lord. I choose to set myself away and aside for your use. When you consecrate yourselves, look at the promise. Tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Because he knows he finally has a follower. So we're going to set some goals. We're going to set some dreams. We're going to put us some to-do lists together. But if you're going to go all in, you're going to take your list because faith without those works is dead. You're going to make your list. But then we're going to bring it to the altar. And we're going to say, God, these are just things I'm feeling and sensing. But I'd much rather have your will than my wants. I want your will instead of my wants. I want you to stand with me today. Followers, consecration, 
followers setting ourselves apart for God's use and God's blessing. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to get there this year, it's going to be because you choose to come out from among the world. One of the preachers that I read the most and and that I follow heavily in social media and I just love, love his wisdom he says it this way and and I've used it many many times and here it is again if you want to live like nobody else then you have to live like nobody else you're going to have to make decisions that nobody else wants to make and that is I I don't go to those environments and I don't participate in those actions why? Because I, I don't want to try to lead him into those rooms and ask him to bless them. Or those relationships. No, I choose to live over here and do it God's way. And I'll reap eternal life. I'm over my time and I want to take 30 more seconds to all the students. If you're in college or younger, if you're in college or younger, I pray that you've been focused enough today to understand this one sermon this one sermon can get you light years ahead of all the sermons I heard my entire life until the day that I went to that guy's office and I flipped the relationship and I said okay I'm not going to lead you another day I'm going to follow you all of my days so to all the AO and collegiate students, make your plans, but put them in the hands of God and let Him create your path to righteousness, doing things right. Bow your heads. Father, I thank you for these few minutes with my friends. Thank you for the inspiration of the week coming into today. And now, Lord, it gets real. Now we strap on our tool belts and we go make things happen this year. We're going to pray more. We're going to give more. We're going to live out more of what we want. We're not going to think that life's just going to come to us. We're going to go make things happen and we're going to do it in your perfect plan. And how is that going to work? We're going to follow you into our future. We're not going to lead you. We're going to follow you. And we know, God, that you're going to order our steps in the right way because we're trying to live a righteous life and our steps will be ordered for us. So lead us now as we choose to consecrate ourselves. By faith, we believe for amazing things to happen. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord today. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you this week. It's going to be a great week for you. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, midweek Bible study and youth uh, ministries. May God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus.